Hello, 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 and welcome back to A Date with Sugar and Spice, the podcast where every week I try to introduce myself without sounding absolutely cringe and usually fail. Also, we talk about dating sometimes. Aspen, I don't think you're cringe. You know what, Ward? When I wrote this script, I thought that you would say that in a less condescending way. So I, I think that I think that you should you should introduce the the podcast. Go ahead. I should introduce the podcast. Yeah, okay, I think I you should that. start. Read my line. Hello, 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 and <laughs> welcome back to a date with Sugar and Spice, the podcast where Aspen tries to introduce herself without sounding absolutely cringe and <laughs> usually fails. <laughs> Also, she talks about dating sometimes if she feels like it. I Sometimes I feel like it. Sometimes I feel like hating the sound of my own voice. Oh, so, we yeah, we were just talking about that. We were, you know, Ward and I are, are here in the studio today and we have to do this like mic setup um, and turn on all the equipment before we start recording. And and does anyone not hate the sound of their own voice? Because I think everyone does. I don't know. I just think it's so weird to like have your brain voice, which is what you think you sound like in your head. Right. And then when you are forced to hear what everyone else hears, it just sounds so different because it's terrifying. Yeah. My brain voice does not sound like my actual voice. No. So it's weird. It's but then again, jarring. yeah, I don't know that I would want anyone to hear my brain voice, but, but this isn't better. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the rest of the script said, um, it was basically that I told Ward he should think I'm cringe, and then he goes, "If okay. you insist, yeah, go ahead, say it." Oh, I definitely think you're cringe. Oh well, that if was. If you want me to think you're cringe, I will think that you're cringe. You know what? I appreciate that. You're welcome. I'll take I'll take that as a compliment in in a in a weird little way. But enough about voices and being cringe because we know that's inevitable at this point. Listeners, allow me to introduce today's guest, the wonderful Ward Wilkes. Nate, do the honors, please. Um, and yeah, and this is where we do the applause. I Woo. feel like, right, I feel like I have to explain this every single time. Um, so should we do the applause for Nate this time? Um, make his job easier, I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've always had him put his own stuff, but we could just... We could we could rig something up. Nate, will you will you put we're about to clap really loud in front of the microphone. Will you put that after uh when I introduce Ward instead of like some sound effect? Just we're just trying to help you out. Okay, ready? Ready? Ready. <laughs> yep. Okay, that should work. Yeah, that that should I'm I'm looking over at the the computer screen where it has <laughs> the um our voices and and that part is much louder than the rest, so that should be fun. Perfect. Um, but yeah, welcome Ward to Dating with Sugar and Spice. How are you today? I'm good. I'm tired. It's been a little bit of a rough weekend, but we are. It's Tuesday. coming out of it. Yeah, I know. Do you consider Tuesday to be part of the weekend? No, but I had a rough weekend, and that's fair. Coming out of it. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Um, we'll forgive Ward. Um, for his rough weekend, <laughs> what happened? Um, it was just a some rough friend drama. Oh, gotta love that. Yeah. Give us a short summary without s without spilling the deets. Too bad. Uh, basically, some guys that I've been friends with, I've probably shouldn't have been friends with them for as long as I have been, but I've been holding on to it. And this week was finally the breaking point, and finally okay. cut him off, and doesn't feel very good, but. Friend breakups be like that sometimes. Yeah. I'm sorry. 
And right. and you had a long you had a long shift at Starbucks too. I did have a very long shift. You want to cry? I why you could. I, d- I mean I could have, but there were already people crying in the back, so couldn't oh, go in with them. Is there like a freezer or a walk-in fridge or somewhere in Starbucks that people just go to? Oh, uh, there's just like a big hallway in the back where we keep all like the storage stuff. There's some fridges there, but they'll just go in the hallway and have their breakdowns on their tens and then come back out and be all happy and smiling, making a coffee. Perfect. Iced chai latte with pumpkin spice. Pumpkin cream cold foam. Everyone loves it. Oh, I bet you love it too, don't you? It is actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well then everyone, uh, if you go to Starbucks anytime soon, make sure to make sure to say hi to Ward. If he's the one who takes your order or gives you your your cold foam, then make sure to give him an extra little smile because remember, he had a hard weekend I and did. he didn't have time to break down in the back. <laughs> <laughs> what an introduction, right? Wow. Well, Ward, how about you officially introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Uh, okay. Um, my name is Ward Wilkes. Um, on the official records, my name is Charles, but my middle name is Ward. That's what I go by. So. If I ever have a class with you, I'll usually get introduced as Charles, and then I'll correct the teacher if I feel like it. Um, I'm 21 years old. I am a sophomore here at SUU. I'm studying strategic communications and minoring in marketing. I am from uh, Utah County. Gross, but okay. Uh, Just kidding. Just kidding. To all our listeners from Utah County, I'm very sorry. No, they agree. (laughs) If they're out of there, then they agree. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I grew up there. Came to SUU because of scholarship opportunities. Loved it. I'm currently working as one of the social media directors in the marketing department for the Still Center, which has been really fun. That's how I got to know Aspen. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah. Social media gang right gang, here. Gang right here. Right here. And, and okay, so I've never actually asked you this, but why do you go by Ward? Is there like a reason or it does Charles sound too much like a like a old king dude with a powdered wig it is a little bit of an old name and it's like a family name Mm. so like the theme with all of the oldest sons has been charles w wilkes so like i'm charles ward wilkes my dad is charles win wilkes jr my grandpa is charles win wilkes my great grandpa is charles bolenzine wilkes bolenzine doesn't start with a w bolenzine oh okay okay i think i'm saying that right he Probably. went by Charles, so I don't know how to <laughs> say his name. But his dad was also Charles something Wilkes. Started with the W. So Charles was just like the Charles name. is my dad. Call yeah. me Ward. Kind of like no, that. Charles was just like the placeholder name. Ward right. was always the one that made me unique from my grandparents and my dad and all that. So that's really cool. And and I ask because uh, my family's actually really similar. Um, so all of the men my English side of my family are named either John or Jonathan. Really? Yes, for like for hmm. for decades. Wow. There are so many Johns and Jonathans and it just keeps going back as long as the name is is there. Um so my dad is Jonathan. I have a brother who goes here, shout out to Cedar, um, whose name is Jonathan, but he also goes by his middle name, which is Cedar, because we're named after trees, because we're quirky like that. <laughs> um, I have another brother whose name is John. My grandpa's name is John. My great-great-grandpa's name is also John or Jonathan or something. So I understand. And and middle names are kind of fun like that, because because even when there's weird traditions, not saying they're bad, but they are traditions, and Sometimes they make it less unique. 
you've still got something to fall back on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what, Ward? Um, I give you express permission to call me by my middle name if you want, just so we're on equal playing fields. Confession, I don't even know Aspen's middle name. No one does. It's okay. okay. I'll tell you, though. <laughs> it's Meta. Meta? Like yeah. the Newsies character? Yeah. Meta Larkin? I think so. Like with two Ts? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be M-E-T-T-A. But meta M-E-T-T-A. Meta English. Meta. I say meta, but I think meta. Meta. Meta will work. Meta. All right. All right, meta. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Well, we have brought Ward on the podcast today to talk about some tea. And I don't mean chamomile. I mean the actual tea. Um, for reference, I one time I tried chamomile tea for the first time live in the studio. It was fine. I yeah. haven't had it again since, but but I did. So now, now we're here for tea of a, of a less realistic type. <laughs> so tell us about your dating life. Give us the spiel. Give us a, a short synopsis. Short synopsis. Well, currently I do have a boyfriend. Uh, his name is Jack Troyer. Wait, I didn't even know this. You did it? No. Oh, no, yeah. I'm a, a little bit offended. I'm sorry. I thought I told you. It's fine. I'll forgive you for now. But you'll, you'll tell, tell us and, and me. Yeah, no, his name's Jack Troyer. He's He goes to Dixie State. He lives in St. George. He's pretty awesome. Uh, we've been dating for about three, almost four weeks now. So it's, um, a, it's a new relationship. It is pretty new. Okay. Um, if you haven't guessed already, I am gay, listeners. No way. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I date what, boys. What gave it away? I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully the boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and how did you meet? Uh, we met on Tinder. Heck yeah. Um, there's not a lot of organic ways for gay people to meet outside of dating apps. So we met there, chatted for a little bit. After like a week of talking, well, after one day of talking, he gave me a Snapchat. We talked on there. And then after a week of talking on Snapchat, I drove down to St. George. We went to dinner and just hung out. Aww. And then kept hanging out and kept hanging out. And then it's just been fun. Cute. Yeah, so that's my dating life. Other than Jack, um hasn't been that eventful it's kind of hard to date growing up gay and even when you come out and when you actually start dating it's still really really hard especially in utah right especially in utah we we have we have talked a little bit about this on some previous episodes um if you'll remember on episode two queer dating um we interviewed kat fitzgerald and she had very similar experiences uh and she also um, met some significant others on Tinder because there's not, you know, like I think a lot of um, straight people or, or you know, especially uh, people our age who are religious or Mormon or however they are, they have singles wards and they have, um, you know, roommates who know people. They have people from high school who who they know, and then they introduce their friends. And it's, it always seems like so natural. And so that's not the case for you, is it, right? Absolutely not. Have you lived in Utah your whole life? Yeah, I have. Um, I was born in Utah County, raised there my entire life. The only time I've ever left Utah was to go on a mission. <laughs> really? Yeah. 
You went to Madagascar? I did go to Madagascar. I did served. you see the lion from the movie? No, there's no lions Sorry. in Madagascar. <laughs> Sorry. Aspect. I had to. No. I did see the King Julians, though. They were really fun. Really? Yeah, I'll show you a picture after one on my okay. shoulder. Deal. But went to Madagascar. I served for 14 months. Was outed by a kid in my ward. What? And then came home after because of that. Um, and then I lived in Utah County. Some more. A year and a half. And then moved down here to Cedar to go to school. Wow. So That's crazy. So when you were outed on your mission, was that was that the first time you had come out or were you just were you closeted on your mission? No, I was closeted on my mission. I hadn't told my parents. Really? The kid that outed me was one of the only people that I had told back in high school. I cannot imagine. Wait, so so you weren't even outed like by someone in the mission field? Some kid in my ward back at home told the bishop, and the bishop was like, what the? He's never told this, told me this. Is this like a thing that we need to worry about? So he has to stake president if I mentioned it to him, and he said no. And the stake president called my mission president, and then the mission president was like, wait, what? I didn't know this. So then he freaked out and was like, oh, my gosh, have you been hooking up with all the members and your companions and all that? And I was like, no, of course not. Why would I be doing that? So then he pulled me out of my area, put me with the APs to make sure that I was being good, even though I'd been serving for like 14 months. And after like a week of being the most depressed, well, yeah, the most depressed I've ever been in my entire life, I just told him like, hey, if this is how it's going to be for the rest of my mission, I just want to go home. And he said, yeah, that's probably a good idea. That is ridiculous. So. So wait, to, to clarify. You you didn't even do anything to warrant you being sent home. It was simply because somebody found out that you were gay. And and apparently that was all it took? It's a little more complicated than that. Like, there are a lot of gay be- people who go on missions and are fine. Like, right. being gay is not enough reason to be sent home. Um, the reason why I asked to go home and why he, my mission president agreed was just because the dynamic really shifted between me and my mission president. Like, we had been good the entire mission. But this just completely changed the way that he viewed me, mm-hmm. the way that I would, I was perceived in the mission changed a lot. And it just wasn't something that was going to be healthy for me to continue. So it wasn't like I got sent home because I was gay. That's true. It was, an, it was your I, choice. Yeah. I asked to go home and he agreed that that would be the best move for me. So, and it was. I don't know what would have happened if I stayed in the mission field, but I'm glad Do I came home when I did. Do you think that if they hadn't found out um, that you would have stayed and served your full mission? Yep. I would have stayed. I would have come home. Probably not, still not have come out <laughs> until I moved down here. So, so you, were, you were outed. And so for listeners who don't quite understand, um, people in the queer community – uh, usually because of societal norms and outside pressures, um, usually it's sometimes safer to be perceived as straight or cis or however um, is, is considered quote-unquote normal. Um, and so it is usually the individual's decision to come out and to tell their loved ones, tell people they care about, um, about their identity 
And usually that is private information. Um, and when that is shared without their consent, that's considered being outed. And it's actually incredibly disrespectful. And clearly it can have some very <laughs> negative, you know, effects on people's lives. How did you, how did you feel? Like, well, actually tell me how you found out that you were outed. Like what, what was that process like? Uh, we were at a zone conference, which is like a big meeting with like the, the area of missionaries that you serve with. And during that zone conference, the mission president came up and like just tapped my shoulder. I was like, Hey, after the zone conference, I need to talk to you for a little bit. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I was the zone leader at the time with my companions. So like, this isn't anything new. Like I'd stayed in pretty close communication with him. So I was just like, Oh, maybe there's some stuff going on with the zone that they need to talk to me about. And after, of course there was like, that anxiety of like, oh my gosh, what's he gonna talk to me about? Is it gonna be like, is he trying to make me assistant or right? Is it like actually something bad that happened? And I knew I was gay. Like I've known I was gay since I was ten years old. And of course, any time growing up, someone says, "Hey, I need to talk to you," and you don't know what it's about beforehand, that's immediately where your brain goes. So my brain was like, "Oh my gosh, he found out." But then I was like, "No, there's no way." found out I've never t I haven't told anyone there's no way he should know but he did and he basically just came up I went to his office afterwards he kicked my companion out and he was like hey um are you gay and I was like um no <laughs> he's like well Goodness. I got a call from your stake president he was talking to your bishop and someone said that you had come out to them and I just wanted to make sure that Either that wasn't true or it was something that we didn't need to worry about. So I was like, I don't want to lie. I want to be like a good, obedient missionary and like tell the truth. Right. So I was like, yeah, like I do feel homosexual attraction. Oh, yes. And I was using all the lingo that's used in the church that kind of dehumanizes the sexuality and absolutely makes it feel more like an illness than an actual state of being. So I was like, yeah, I've definitely, I feel attraction to boys, but, like, I don't want to feel that way. I'm not planning on living like that. And then we just had a whole conversation about it, and he's like, oh, I don't know if I feel comfortable with you in your area anymore. I just want to make sure that you're doing okay. And took me out, put me with the APs, and I was like, oh, okay, this sucks. And he was like, don't tell anyone else that this is why. Like, if they ask why you're with the APs, just say it's President Duckworth wanted it that way. So I spent a week doing that, and I was like, nope, this sucks. You, you haven't told me any time that I'm going to be leaving the APs. Purgatory. Purgatory. What does AP stand for? Assistant to the president. Okay, okay. I didn't so know. I thought I know. it. I just thought it was like Associated Press. No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> for our communication majors out there. No, the assistants to the president are just two missionaries that get chosen to be the missionaries assistants, they're like the the head missionaries. Would you say that it's like a demotion or like it's like being babysitted almost, babysat? Oh, however? in my case, absolutely. Yeah. Like I wasn't doing actual missionary work. I wasn't going out teaching people. I was just You were just sitting si there? I was just sitting with the APs while they do their work. So like you didn't even have any responsibilities? No. Oh my goodness. I would literally go lay on the couch in the mission office for a couple hours while they did their work and then we'd go teach one lesson and then go around and help missionaries and that's it. Okay. So. And, and 
obviously that was not a great state of being for you. No one wants to be, especially because, I mean, it sounds like you wanted, you wanted to be there. Like it was, was, would you say it was like your choice to serve a mission and, and you did want to finish it as you had begun it or, or in hindsight, I don't know, t- tell me what you think, because it doesn't sound like it was a great experience, but it also sounds like you have a lot more freedom now. Oh, no. Like, the mission was definitely my choice. Um, I would never choose it again. It's not something I regret doing, though. And my mission up until that point was really, really great. I loved it. It was super fun to be in Madagascar. It was super fun to learn the language, interact with the people, make friends that I still talk to today. Um, But there is definitely a sense of cultural pressure people to go on a mission especially boys in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints like it's just what's expected of you so it wasn't necessarily like i had this burning desire to go on a mission or finish a mission it was just something that was expected of me so if i were to not go on the mission people would have been suspicious and be like oh did he do something wrong right is there like some kind of sin in his life that's keeping him from going because if you're a boy you're supposed to go and growing up gay in the church especially, you're like, you got to hide it. You got to make sure you're doing everything you can to make sure that no one knows. And a lot of people fail at it. <laughs> I was pretty successful. And me not going on a mission or coming home early from a mission, for in my brain would be like, oh my gosh, that's like, I would be forced to come out if I didn't go on a mission or if I came home early. So the day that I went into the MTC, I was like, I'm not going to come home early. I'm going to finish this mission. And that night came home early. <laughs> so so much for that, right? So much for that. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, I'm just processing this because from what I've seen in the state and also coming to college, a lot of people here, um, a lot of people come out in college. Um, and that is, I think, mostly because you're living on your own. You can make your own decisions. You can make your own friends. And you face less pressure from outside sources, whether that be religion, parents, family, um, cultural norms. Because college tends to be um, a more open-minded culture and community. So you you said that if if that hadn't happened, that you would probably have finished the mission, went home, and then come out here. What what do you think? How would your experience have been different if that was the case? I'm honestly not sure. Like you never know what could be. Thinking about it tends to give me anxiety. <laughs> but Fair point. <laughs> um, for me, it was just like. When I came home, I finally came out to my parents. Like, I told them, this is why I'm coming home. This is what's been going on. How did they and take it? Fine. Okay. They didn't, like, disown me or anything, but they weren't particularly supportive of it. And they've gotten a lot better over the years. Um, but a lot of the time, like, there was periods where they didn't really acknowledge it and didn't want to talk about it or anything like that. And... Anytime I did try and talk about it, it was just really uncomfortable for everyone. So I stopped talking about it and we just, it was just good for me to come out, give them some time to process it, be like, okay, this is what we should expect when Ward 
leaves to go to college. He may keep on dating girls. He may not. So them having that warning beforehand is probably good as opposed to if I had finished the mission, come home, everyone still thinks I'm the goody little, good little Peter priesthood, Mormon boy, and then coming home and then leaving and then coming out, dating boys and finally exploring those paths definitely would have made it a lot harder for my family to process, I think. Right. But your family isn't isn't the point here. I mean, I mean, no. quite frankly, it's your life and your identity that matters the most. And so was coming to I mean, it sounds like it was your your plan all along. Come to college, you're finally free. You're out. You can you can be yourself. How long have you been looking forward to a situation like this? Twenty years. <laughs> like That's I knew fair. not twenty years. Um I think I really like recognized that I wasn't going to be able to make this work, make a heterosexual life work in high school. Tell us about that. Um, There's a girl that I tried dating in high school because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go on dates. You turn 16, you go on group dates and you go to dances and it's fun and you maybe meet the love of your life in high school and go on a mission and they wait for you and it's all cute. And my junior year, I turned 16, the end of my sophomore year, I was like, all right, this is it. I'm going to finally date girls. I'm finally going to learn to like them. I'm finally going to feel attracted to them. And I was trying to go on dates. They was like, oh, yeah, this is fun. It's just hanging out, though. I don't feel any different than when I'm going, hanging out with a bunch of friends. And I kept on trying because it's what I was supposed to do. Didn't really feel anything. And then there's this girl, I won't say her name, but we did we did musicals together. I did musicals in high school and should have been the first sign to my family that I was gay. But <laughs> what's Big same. Yeah. So I was doing theater with them and this girl, we became really good friends through that and we were hanging out a lot and she really, really liked me. And I I liked her as a friend. She was super cool. She was really, really talented really fun to hang out with, really, really funny. And everyone in the cast just was like, oh, yeah, Ward and this girl are dating, and they hang out all together all the time. Like, they're a couple. So in my brain, I was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is w- this is Ward's first girlfriend. Got to make it work. So I made it work for a little bit. Um, we were just hanging out all the time. I never kissed her because I never wanted to. And then she there were definitely opportunities where she was expecting me to and I didn't. And she was getting very, very frustrated and being like, do you even like me? And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I like you. And then we went on a tour, a tour for our drama performance. We went to Disney World. Wow. And went and performed there for a little bit. It was really, really fun. You performed at Disney World? Yeah. That's way cool. We like did workshops with them and, and did one of their shows like in the downtown Disney area. It was super fun. But we spent like a week just going to all the parks, going to Universal. It was super, super fun. But that week, she would not leave my side all the time. Like every single t- every single day, we'd get on the bus and she'd come sit right next to me because that's what boyfriend and girlfriend do, right? And we would just spend all, all day at the parks together. And at that point, I was like, all right, 
I'm sick of this. Like, I like you. You're my friend. But I don't feel like I can be with you every day, which is what you want and which is what expected of a heterosexual relationship. So at that point, I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. I'm never going to be able to fake these feelings. I'm never going to be able to convincingly convince myself that I want to and convince anyone else that it's working as well. So two weeks after that, I broke up with her. You know, We never really dated. Wait, so did you break up with her at Disney World or did you at least wait? I waited two weeks after we got home. And then I was like, hey, I need to talk to you. You're and awesome. You, and you didn't tell her? No, I didn't. The real out. reason? No, I didn't come out or anything. I was just like, hey, I really like you, but I don't think this is working. And I don't feel the same way that I felt about you a couple months ago. And she did not take it very well. And led to a lot of drama my senior year. But she blocked me on my mission and we're all good now and I haven't talked to her since but do you think she knows now she better know now (laughs) (laughs) do you do you think that that she understands a little bit better now yeah I mean there's always like everyone knows what being gay entails everyone knows the trauma everyone's heard the stories even if you're in the church like, you know that being gay does not work when you're in the church. And coming out is, like, telling everyone, like, yeah, you've gotten to see that I'm, like, I've been depressed a lot, that I've had a lot of social issues, and it just makes a lot more sense in people's brains once you come out. Which and is sad. It is sad. And not only because that's the cruel reality for a lot of queer people in the church, but also because... It's an immediate association, exactly what you were saying. If you, um, for a lot of people, outside of the state and outside of religious context, coming out can be a good thing. It can be a celebration. And it seems like within a lot of religious places and attitudes, it just means failure. Quite frankly, it means yeah. you couldn't fake it well enough. Yeah, that is the unfortunate truth. Um, there's a lot of good in religion, but there's also a lot of bad, just like anything else. It works for some people, but in my case, it just, I never felt any of the happiness that it was supposedly supposed to come. I always just felt like I was faking it, and none of it felt real. And coming out, Maybe to my family, maybe to a lot of my friends was like that, oh, failure. He couldn't do it anymore. He gave up. He stopped trying. He wasn't strong enough. But for me, it was like my liberation. It was like my, this is my letting go of everything that has been holding me back. And it's something that I wouldn't change for the rest of my life. Like, I wish I could have come out in a different way. <laughs> but... Right. um. I'm so much happier now than I was back in high school. Like back in high school, you're always you. I just never understood what real happiness was. I never understood what I was supposed to feel like when I was dating someone. Never understood what butterflies were. The first time I cuddled a girl, I had an absolute panic attack and was sweating, and my heart was racing. And 
the girl was like, oh my gosh, he's so into me. Like I can feel his heart pounding through his chest. He's Poor so girl. so excited. And I was like, <laughs> I am literally about to grab my pants and cry because this girl is way too close. <laughs> but now I don't have to worry about that. It's so nice to know that no one expects me to fake it anymore. I can be honest with how I'm feeling, talk about boys, talk about dates and stuff. So you can be on podcasts like these. I can be on podcasts like these. You can be on dating with sugar <laughs> and spice. Yeah. You can be less cringe than your lovely host, the Aspen English. Meta English. Meta English. <laughs> you're right. So, so one one last question here. Um, a lot of these episodes, we've talked about. We've talked about a lot of things, but one thing that's always we always talk about is what dating is like for whoever we have on the show. And so what is dating like for you now, keeping in mind that you kind of got a late start to the game? Because, I mean, sure, you dated you dated in high school, but didn't work out. Right. Yeah. So how does it feel to how did it feel to start dating for real? Um. Started dating for real. Um, it's a very, very different experience when you're gay dating compared to straight dating. Like we've talked about um, the ways that it's so much harder to meet people. Right. Like you have to use apps. You have to use Tinder. There's an app called Grinder, which is the absolute bane of my existence. <laughs> I hate Grinder so much. But the unfortunate reality of gay dating, especially with men i don't really know how it is with lesbians or gay girls but with gay men specifically it's so hookup based it's so sex driven um so a lot of my stories dating are probably not appropriate to share on this podcast just because a lot of the time a gay date consists of meeting up maybe going to dinner if he's feeling really romantic <laughs> And then just going back to one of your places and having sex. Do you wish it was different? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, the few dates that I've been on that were, like, legit dates, they've been the funnest experiences of my life. Like, dating Jack has been so much fun because it's finally felt real. It hasn't felt, like, so fake or so just hookup-based. Right. Like, I'm finally learning that people like me for my personality and like me for who Ward is rather than his body or how big his dick is. And <laughs> like, I think a huge reason of why um, gay dating is so physical and so sex driven is just the lack of like representation we have in media and stuff. And that's true. Like for my, for me growing up and for a lot of people that I've talked to, the only exposure we had to being gay was through pornography. Like, looking at porn as a teenager, looking at gay porn specifically, it's just so hookup-based and so, like, you don't see dates in porn. No. Um, I'm trying to think of it right now, and I can't think of a show or movie I watched growing up with a gay couple. Mm. I Can you? I don't The I don't only show so. that I can think of that had it when I was growing up was Glee, and my parents didn't let me watch it because of the gay relationship is because of the church, church's culture. And, like, there was, we're so much better now. 
like watching all these TV shows that have gay characters, like I get so excited and so giggly and so happy and my roommates laugh at me because of it. But like just but growing it's important. up, yeah, growing up, I never saw what dating was supposed to look like between two guys. I never saw what like what love looked like. It was always just sex. So a lot of people, when they come out and when they start dating boys, they're like, love doesn't really exist with boys. It's not like you can go on cute dates or have these romance stories like The Notebook or any other romance rom-com out there. Because they're stere- those are stereotypically feminine like yeah. e- experiences in life. Yeah, it's always for the girls are the romantic ones. The boys are always the sexy, big, strong men. And when you're gay dating, you're like, oh, no room for romance. Just got to just gotta have sex and get it over with. And then maybe if you're lucky, they'll want to do it again someday. But it's just been, I think that as a culture, we're coming a lot further than we have been. And a lot of these hookup driven mask for mask, like all of that, all that toxicity in the culture has been slowly going away, which I think is good. And we still have a lot of work to do, but there's definitely, it's definitely not easy dating. Sorry, I got really sidetracked on the dating aspect, but. <laughs> no, no, I I think that this is this is pertinent. Mm-hmm. It's pertinent, and, and I hope, I hope for our listeners, um, whether you can relate or not, I hope that you take something away from this experience because even within the cu- queer community, dating is not the same. Um, in our queer dating episode, Kat described her experience as coming out and, and dating women as extremely romantic. Um, and, and if for those who listened to the episode, you'll remember that it was the first time anyone had ever brought her flowers on a date. And she felt like she immediately fell in love and, and she felt happy and she felt free. And while, you know, some of those experiences may be the same for um, queer men or queer people who don't identify as female. Um, it's it's always different, and it always relies and has a lot to do with the context of how you came out, whether you chose to, and how your family takes it and the people around you. So... Ward, give us give us a piece of advice for th- for all the the gay SU students, specifically the men out there. What what would you tell them? Because it sounds like they need some dating help. Um, my advice, take it as you will, but just because there's only like six or seven guys that you want to date or that are you consider viable options. Don't drop your standards. Like, don't settle. There's always going to be someone out there. And um, the hookups, they're not worth it. They're always just going to leave you feeling not satisfied. They're always going to leave you feeling empty and used. And if if that works for you, if you find joy in the hookups, that's great. But uh, if you don't, if you're like me who hates the hookups, who every time he does it, he feels gross and sick afterwards um just don't settle always make sure that you're looking forward don't get too caught up in the now because 
a couple months ago, the boy there was a boy that I was going out with that I really, really, really liked, and he did not feel the same way back. And uh, he ended up ending things with me, and it did not, I did not do well with it. But um, I had convinced myself that there was no one else in Cedar City. There was no one else in St. George, no one else in Utah that I could ever feel the same way about. Because that's how it seems sometimes, huh? Yeah. Because, like, the dating pool is so small here. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's fucked everyone. <laughs> and you just don't need to settle. Whether or not you find someone in college, like, you have your entire life ahead of you. And you get to move on. You get to go to whatever city you want to go to. You get to get out of Utah. Or you get to stay if you want to. But there's always so much more. There are always so many more people than it seems like there is. So if you don't find someone in um, SVU or Cedar City, if you don't find someone in Dixie, like, that's fine. You get to find and decide what you really, really want. You get to find out what you don't want. You get to make friends that will last forever. And those relationships are going to be so much more important than the hookup with the jock boy that seems so hot on Grindr. <laughs> so. Sage advice. Thank you. Thank you. And <laughs> thank you for agreeing to be a guest on our podcast. As always, be sure to listen to A Date with Sugar and Spice wherever you get your podcasts. That means Spotify. That means Apple Music. That means Googling it and hoping that the first link that you click on works. However you listen, please do. And make sure to follow Ward on Instagram. Ward, do you want to drop your drop your at? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is just ward.wilkes, W-A-R-D dot W-I-L-K-E-S. Um, he is taken, though. So I am taken. Sorry, guys. I don't post very often. But if you want to follow me, I'm always down for more friends. But... Yeah, follow me, follow Aspen, follow SEU accounts. But and follow SU News and keep up with our podcasts. Um, we also have a very interesting sports one called Thundercast, and I don't understand half the lingo they use to talk <laughs> about football, but I hear it's fun. Thank you again, and we will see you next week. Bye.